0: Hey everybody, welcome to the New Dad City Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin P. The lead up to that moment is a whirlwind of emotions. You're nervous, you're excited, so get comfortable. Grab yourself a notepad if you want to take some notes. You know, it's just, it's going to be completely unexpected. Do you feel like having kids stop, like your big plans, like why can't they be part of your dreams? This intense connection can sometimes make dads feel on the sidelines. Welcome back, everybody, to the new Dad City Podcast. It is Saturday evening, and you know what that means. It means I am here with Eric, Eric H. of Empowered Homefront. Eric, how's your week been, my
1: man? Kevin, what's up, brother? Always a pleasure. Always, yeah. Another Saturday. Let's get it in. What are we going to be talking about today?
0: Today, so I was doing some pondering today, and I was thinking about... My career, how I want to advance in that, how I want to replace that nine to five job with what I'm building here at New Dad City, what you and I are doing on Saturdays and stuff like that. And I thought, man, it took me until 35 to get a growth mindset on, (laughs) yeah, I'm 35 years old and it took me that long to get this wasn't didn't you just have a birthday I'm 35 and i was 35 in april yeah so so yeah 35 and a half okay i won't short i won't short change how old i am <laughs> 35 and a half and i'm finally like you know what you know maybe i should set some achievable goals you know maybe i should you know you know do something other than this groundhog day thing that i'm doing you know but uh you know so i wanted I wanted to bring that and talk about that because I know you got a lot of cool stuff going on. You and I have multiple conversations about your kids, and you know you've been in a big influence as a dad on me, and I see that you have these tools this I guess you just have a full toolkit man to to um get your kids in this growth mindset, because I know you, you're bam, 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 bam. You don't wait for nobody. Like if you're not keeping up, like, see like you're in the dust. And like in the past, you've offered me multiple times to like come work with you and do stuff. And I was like, yeah, okay. I'm just kind of scared about it. But I was in like, I didn't have that growth mindset, man. You know, I was content with, with being uh, just, I guess, normal or average. And, and don't get me wrong, you know, people that are listening, if that's your, if that's your calling, if that's the way you want to go, that's, that's on you. If you're happy, do that. But something lit a fire underneath of me and that something was my boy. I wanted to be able to leave him something. So I had to, I had to kind of rewire my brain and my thinking to where I was like, how can I achieve that? And it wasn't going to be working for the man, you know? And I just wanted to with you Eric since you have a you you've got a vast amount of knowledge in this I wanted to explore this idea with you and how you're setting the stage for the future of your family and your kids and what in all these challenges that you you may know that are coming and challenges that you don't know that you that you're going to encounter and how you prepare for that how that growth mindset you've developed over these years from you know, you started out with, oh man, I I forget. I'll let you start talking soon. But the business where you were you were flipping houses, and then you know what you've what you've grown into today. And I think you can even, and I'm going to bring this up, and you'll probably giggle at it. Even when back when you were doing your little bodybuilding phase, what like ten years ago, <laughs> you have to have a growth mindset for that. You can't just you can't just settle. You know, with what you got, because you always wanted to be bigger and better. You wanted to win that first place on the stage, and I, I think that takes a lot of confidence and even curiosity to get to that point. And the the three things that I could think of, and we'll, we'll we're going to dive deep into them, and um, I'm going to let you talk here in about thirty seconds. Is Effort over results. That was a big one that I was able to, to take from this when I was writing my notes down for this, uh, modeling perseverance, and then setting achievable goals. The, the SMART thing, I didn't even write down everything, the S-M-A-R-T acronym. I just went straight to achievable because I think at the end of the day, we want to achieve these goals, but I think a lot of the times we forget to celebrate the milestones along the way. So... I know that was a lot of stuff, Eric, <laughs> I hope you took that in, but go ahead and, um, I guess discuss what, just looking at just the two words, growth mindset, what does that mean to you? And then how are you instilling that in your three kids that you got? Have at it?
1: Yeah, man. So that's. Yeah, that's that's a lot, right? This is a big conversation and um growth mindset, like right off the bat, like what is what does growth mindset mean to an individual, right? Like my definition is completely different different than my wife's definition, uh, than your definition, right? We all have our own definition of what success actually means, and that's ultimately, you know, what we relate growth mindset to is success, and for me, I definitely um, there's this board game, man. I love playing with my kids. It's called Cash Flow 101, and I know I've told you about it a couple of times. It's by Robert Kiyosaki.
0: Yes, yes, I know exactly who that is. And I'm hopefully I'm hoping that if the listeners don't know who he is, please go look him up. Rich Dad Poor Dad. Uh, what's the other Cash Flow Quadrant, and then he's got this game um that you're playing. What's that? what does that game teach you?
1: Yeah, so cash flow 1 on 1 is like monopoly except better. <laughs> right? I, I like it better. Like monopoly's so fun. Like monopoly is really fun. Like I mean I wouldn't take anything away from monopoly. But go back and look at well let's just use monopoly as an example, man. Like you All know, right. we're talking about growth mindset. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, but monopoly was invented by a mother who wanted to teach her kids how to you know invest Mm -hmm. right and there's a whole story behind that right and she ended up like making monopoly to teach her kids uh, the skills the strategy the techniques to invest in real estate and then she ended up patenting monopoly and (laughs) You know there's no telling you know what that did for her family and like the generations that come like monopoly is like a, a household name
0: it is it's right? a, Which it's is a crazy. staple in board games that i guarantee you if you walk into 10 houses 50 percent or more is going
1: to have monopoly stuffed away somewhere yeah absolutely like it's a go-to right it's yeah. like checkers mm-hmm. it is <laughs> you know <laughs> but um you know growth mindset okay What does that mean? What causes that? What causes ambition? To be honest, man, I mean, how many people do you know that's just not ambitious? A lot. I know,
0: and that was the one thing that really sparked this topic that I wanted to bring up because I hate, I've reached a point in my life, and now as a new dad, and I'll even say a new husband because Erica and I have only been married for It's going on a year and a half. This month will be a year and a half. And I think people get into this thing of just settling. They see that they can get by paycheck to paycheck. And like I said in the beginning, if that's the route you want to take and you are happy, by all means do it. Do not fix what isn't broken. You know, I've tried to do that too many times in my life and it doesn't work. But I feel like when I reach a goal, so like my goal at work was to get certified, right? That's pretty much any developmental's role in air traffic is to get certified. But once I reached that, I was like, "All right, I got here. What do I do next?" Like you know, and as you know, I I didn't give a shit when I was drinking. You know, I really didn't. I was like, "Let me get certified," you know, and and then I'll just get my paycheck. But now that I have this clearer mindset, and I, I'm, I have my kid and I have my my wife. It's like. I, I want to be at home. I've mentioned this numerous times. I want to be at home. And that for me, honestly, is the next big goal. You know, and that's it. Like I want to, I guess you could say work from home for people to understand. I want to work from home, but I don't want to do it at like a $20 an hour job. I don't want to be answering phones for anybody. I want people answering <laughs> phones for me, you know? And, yeah. uh, I, I'm, I, I don't, I think I'm on my way there. It takes time, but I'm not in that "give me, gimme, give gimme give now." I'm in that "what's the long term goal?" I still have a years, so like you know, say four, five, six years. But at the same time, I'm okay with that because I know the hard work that I'm gonna put in. Versus, you know, it's like. It's like, like, I guess I, I don't even need to explain any more than I just did. It, it, it's it's that instant gratification versus long-term success thing. And that's where my growth mindset has developed into, you know? And I think that's where, where I'm at now,
1: you know? Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting even watching you, man. I mean, we've been friends for what, like five years, something like that?
0: Yeah, yeah. We... You know, five years as of last month, yeah.
1: Yeah, so and it, out of that time, man, like, I mean, you've seen all the stuff that I've done and then, mm-hmm. you know, watching you and like you you keep saying, like, you know, I keep inviting you back into my world, trying to get you in there. But at the end of the day, it's just like, dude, if it's not for you, I'm not going to slow down because I'm waiting on you. Yeah. And for the longest time, I... I, one, did not have a clear path. I could not clearly communicate to you what I wanted in life. I could not clearly communicate my goals. And then I went on this journey when I was about 28, which I'm 35 as well. And about when I was 28, um, I showed up at PTI airport as an air traffic controller after separating out of the Air Force. And... um I, I walked into PTI as this very proud young man that took tremendous care of himself. Like, I mean, I can show pictures, you know, and like, dude, I showed up and buttoned down, you know, collar shirts, slacks, like, you know, and, and now we, we don't even have supervisors that dress like that. No. Right. And I, I walked into this place and everybody was giving me like this, I, right like this kind of cold shoulder look and they was they was friendly you know everybody introduced themselves but at the same time they they gave me comments and um replies kind of like what are you are you here for management position you
2: know <laughs> and
1: you know i was a new new controller which meant that i got to earn their respect right i got to earn my keep, which is normal yeah right nothing's wrong with that um so immediately you know i go in and i go to work and start training and i share i don't want to get like go through the whole story because the whole story isn't important what's important about that is is from day one that's who i was that's how i carried myself did i have other issues absolutely but at the same time like i was very much goal not not even goal driven i was just very much driven right and i think there's a difference but over time, I was surrounded in this environment by people who whined, people who cried, people who showed up in camouflage, torn shorts and these holy blue jeans and a t-shirt with holes in it. Yeah, and didn't... it wasn't one person, it, it's many, right? Mm-hmm. It's the majority. Yeah. And what did they do in their free time? They drink. Right. I just came from Air Force where what did everybody do in the free time, they drink. Yeah. Right. And now you're coming now I'm coming into this airport where, you know, it's one thing in the Air Force where you have to wear a uniform and you got to look sharp. Right. But then you come into the civilian life where everybody's just flip flops, don't care, T-shirt, <laughs> you know, it's and that's true. It's true. It, it took about six months, man. It took about six months, and I was wearing shorts and t-shirt and flip-flops. Yeah,
0: because I remember when right. you and me worked together, we we at least one day a week we'd always match with our V-neck burgundy t-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. it was. It, yeah, it, it, you know, it, yeah. we we're, we're you know I have a little bit more tattoos than you, but you've got a
1: big one down your arm. Yeah, and yeah, yeah like, and I got that, you know, from PTI. Like yeah. it's crazy. And the reason I share that little, little snigbit, bit, man, is because the people you surround yourself with will determine your future. Look around you and whoever you sur- spend the most time with, if that's coworkers, you most likely make the same as them. You most likely have the same type of vehicle as them. You most likely live in the type of house they live in or neighborhood they live in. Yeah. You most likely will have similar family values as them. Right, whoever you spend the most time with, you become, and you know i uh, i mean there's there's events, man, like I'm not going to get into the like the whole thing, like we can definitely dive into those later, but um I remember in this shift, and I remember sitting in the tower, and this guy named Pat. Um, don't say I'll leave was an old controller. Yeah. Yeah. Pat's still there. Right. Old controller. He's a Marine. Right. And he's sitting behind me and I'm starting to read my first book. Right. And literally I've never read like ever. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And I'm like, you know, just sitting there training and it's, it's slow and he's sitting there reading a book and I'm like working ground and he's sitting behind me. No, no, no. I wasn't, Sorry, I wasn't working around. I was definitely in the radar uh, sitting there and working. Either way, I'm sitting there reading a book and he's behind me reading the book as well. And he, I remember him like kicking my chair and I turned around and he's like, ha, you're probably reading one of those um, help, help yourself books, like those self-help books. And I didn't even know what he meant. Like yeah. I'd never heard of that before. And I was just like, uh, it's how to win friends and influence people. You know, and I didn't know who the author was at the same t- at the time either. Uh, but it was a book where I was learning how to communicate because I was tired of not being a good communicator. Right. And I'm still practicing every day how to be a good communicator. So like that was like where I got my start. But my point with that story is he kicked my chair and he's like, ha, you're probably reading that self-help book, aren't you? And I turned around, looked at him and he was reading like a fiction book, like one uh, of those Um, uh, what's the, like
0: a Michael Crichton book or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Something, you know, and I I don't know, like I took it as an insult when he said it and uh, yeah. And I mean, now I look back and just like, man, like I made my millions. (laughs) <laughs> it, all, it all started with learning how to win friends like, and influence people. Oh man, like you know, it's it's really funny, and I don't I don't really know how to deliver that without being like kind of in your face. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's, man being goal oriented, success driven. It's not about the money at the end of the day. It's not about the things you achieve. It's literally about the respect that you have for yourself if I had to define anything, that's what it is. You can define a man, you can define a woman by how they carry themselves, what they look like. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, how they act and what's their ambitions like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I when you saying that it's like, so you read this book and I've listened, uh, I will say this: that book is the hardest book to listen to on Audible, <laughs> and it's also one of the. Dri- it's about like a robot, right? Yeah, and it's also one of the driest books to read, in my opinion. It's very just. I don't know. I don't know what it was about it. It's a great read, though. It is a very good read, but it is very difficult for most people that I know to read. Unless you want to advance yourself, and you know that there's something wrong. And you're like, I don't know what it is. Pick up that book and force yourself to get through it. Like I had to read pages numerous times, you know, because I would go back yeah. and forth from Audible to that to read, Audible to read. it was like, Fuck, I got to get through this thing. But I'm glad I did. Um,
1: yeah, it's life changing, man. Like my my daughter's read it. She read it when it's, she started reading when she was nine. She's 11 now. Took her about a year to read it, but mm-hmm. like she just finished that. Um, That's good. Yeah, so it was, I mean, but for her, like she went through the stages, you know. And we're, I'm consistently grooming them, and I'm playing. I don't know what I'm playing, man. I, I mean, I'm learning every day about how to influence my children because I am who they spend the most time with.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So everything I do means something; it matters. We talked about that. How too I carry previously. myself. What I, what I, what I do in my time you know all that stuff matters
0: yeah and the one thing that's nice too about what you do is so people that either haven't listened to eric speak before um go back and listen to that it was the episode where we talked about um like doing things with your kids not because of them that was a great episode. Um, even my wife liked it. She loved that one. She's always wondering, What are you guys doing in there? <laughs> you know? I was like, go listen to that episode with Eric, you'll understand. Um, but the one thing that I, I love about what you what you just said is is you you're shaping your kids to be somebody who will be respect respectable, who will have ambitions, who will have goals, who will persevere in life because Let's not shortchange it. Life sucks. There's a lot of a lot of crap out there. <laughs> Trying not to cuss. There's a lot. Yeah. Of, there's a lot of crap out there that you have to that you have to go through. Yeah, I wouldn't.
1: I mean, I definitely wouldn't say life sucks. I would say the environment that we put ourselves in can suck. That's a yeah.
0: Okay, that's a better
1: way of of wording it.
0: Yeah. Um, I went full pessimism. You went, hey, here's some optimism.
1: <laughs> but I mean, it's, you're, you're not wrong, right? It's yeah. just we, we get to choose our environment. Yeah, right? you, I mean, you, you can control.
0: And that goes back to what you said about you are who you surround yourself with. And that reminded me of this thing that my first sponsor told me in the program was you meet one person and they're an asshole they're probably an asshole. You meet the second person and they're an asshole, maybe. But you start meeting the third, fourth and fifth people and they're assholes, you're probably the <laughs> asshole, you know? And then he was like, "Why are you that way? Look at who you surround yourself with." Yeah. And that was like me. I wanted to be a perfect example as I didn't want to drink anymore. So I surrounded myself with people who found recovery and were recovered and didn't drink, you know? Obviously I work with people every day who talk about going out to incendiary incendiary in Winston to go drink. And I'm like, yeah, you guys have fun. Like, you know, I'm, I'm good not doing that anymore, which if they also don't have the same problem I do, but it's still, you know, I'm able to be in that environment temporarily and then be out of it, you know, but, um, Yeah, yeah. I
1: wouldn't say they wouldn't say they don't have the same problem you do, man. Like, I think (laughs) everybody has that same problem, right? And the the problem is, like, alcohol, which I know you you had a completely different experience than I had. um, But either way, we both had that addiction issue, you know? And Mm. the thing that really hit home with me is mankind's looking for connection. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what you're doing. You're looking for connection. If you're smoking a cigarette, you're looking for connection. If you're drinking, you're looking for connection. If you're having sex, you're looking for connection. If you're hanging out on Saturdays, doing a podcast, we're looking for connection.
0: There's a, there's a void that we're always trying to fill.
1: Always. And with alcohol, you know, you, you're put into this environment at least i know i was right like i can definitely speak by experiences wanting to be in the crowd i was wanting to have friends my those people that i you know i was surrounded with they just so happened like i grew up in vegas right in the air force so like that was i was at nellis air force base for six years so lots of drinking man oh man
0: standby technical difficulties.
1: You you ran away because I was talking about drinking in Vegas at pool parties. I got scared. Um, so <laughs> but um yeah, but I mean during that time, you know, I was just looking for connection. And what's crazy about it, um, I learned that through therapy, which I've never agreed with <laughs> until I, I found a therapist and I had the right mindset. Mm-hmm. Right. Like all the other therapists, most likely, they was okay too. Um but I was showing up expecting for them to fix something in me when that's not the journey. That's not the purpose of like therapy or reading a book or hanging out with a buddy talking about all this stuff. Like it's not the point. Like the point is, is connection, right? Sharing, Mm -hmm. um, telling stories, you know, since the beginning of time, like mankind has shared stories around campfires, right? And that's what we're missing in today's society, right? So where when it comes to ambition and goal driven like whatever you want to talk about like you know smart goals like we can name all these little fancy techniques but (laughs) at the end of of the day it sums up to connection
2: Mm -hmm.
1: right and with connection people my dog is barking um people find connection in what they identify with yeah so if you're in the military you identify with being a airman a marine whatever that is you separate you identify with being a veteran right if you ride a harley you identify with all the other harley riders right if you drive a jeep every time you see a jeep you're you're waving you're honking your horn right (laughs) yeah yeah. Uh, minivan moms right they identify with other minivan moms even though they don't want to admit it but (laughs) 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 once they get out of the minivan they're like hi mother erica (laughs) erica refuses to drive a minivan which I guess. Oh man, dude. Minivan's the greatest vehicle ever. They're comfortable.
0: I love your minivan.
1: Yeah. Erica, Eric's Ericson minivan dad.
0: Dude. Yeah. But um, so yeah, the one thing that you mentioned that it really hits home with me is the therapy thing. Cause I hated it. I hated it It's like, why am I gonna go talk to pay somebody just to listen to my bullshit? But ever since I started going this year, I found a really good therapist. That goes okay. Tell me how your week's been, or tell me how these past two weeks has been. And I tell him, and I go, these are the main issues. And I'm pretty good at recognizing like where I'm wrong, because how I figure it is, I look at where I think somebody hurt me, and then I tell, you know, I say out loud what they did, you know, where did they hurt me, my ego, my pocketbook, you know, my family, friends, stuff like that. And then I go, well, what did I do to them back? And then. The last thing I say is, you know, where did I play my part? You know, what would I, what could I have done differently? And I'll tell these things to my therapist, Rob, and Rob's like, Rob doesn't solve anything for me. He'll say like one word or he'll be like, or he'll say like a sentence. And then he makes me figure it out, out loud. And I found so, and that's just growth right there for me because I that take is, all the techniques that the we def- growth, Huh?
1: I said that is growth. Like that's the definition of yeah. growth. Yeah. And you know.
0: And it's I going through
1: the Mhm.
0: And, and it's definitely going through the journey. And and I've done that and I've taken that with these pa- past what did I what I published like the first podcast on back at the end of September or something. And dude, I was going and I was listening to like the very first episode and I was like, oh my God, like compared to like what I'm putting like what I'm putting out now, like I like to personally think that the quality is so much better. I was like, Good Lord, like what was I thinking with that intro? You know, I was like, Oh, this is terrible. Nobody's ever gonna listen. And yeah, you know, and then you just simply giving me a checklist of, hey man, this might help. Go ahead and do that. And I think a lot of growth for me comes from listening to people that have the experience where I want to be. And that goes back to surrounding yourself with like-minded people. Why would I surround myself? And I'm going to say it this way, and maybe you can help me with my words of how I want to say it. But why, if I want to learn, why would I surround myself with people who know less than me? And that's why I, was like I called you that day all ecstatic about the podcast and you were like hold the fuck up you want to do this and I'm like yeah dog like I'm serious you're like I wanna do that <laughs> you know <laughs> like that's what I've been building and this is my actual thing you know the empowered home front and all that stuff you're you were telling me about and right there I think you and I grew together a little bit as yeah. as friends. Well we found and- we found that connection and that's what I'm getting. That's what I want ultimately get to now. Obviously we're, you know, new dad city, the word dad's in there. So I want to, I want to, we, we kind of set the base for like how we did it, how we're doing it and how we did not do it. How, and you talked a little bit about your daughter and the book and everything. I want you to tell the audience what you told me about three or four times today about your kids and video games and what you got going on in the background with them. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Because that book's amazing too, you know? Yeah. um, So tell me, tell me, tell not me. I already know this crap. Tell the, the listeners, what are you doing as a father to help instill growth mindset in your kids? And you can start with that. the thing with the video games, I think, you know?
1: Yeah, sure. So, I'm always testing, right? Like I'll, Lori, Lori, my wife literally gets mad at me and she won't even try things or attempt things because she's like, by the time I get in there and learn it, you're already going to change it and it'll be something else. And she came in here today and she like, we're we're working on some projects together and she's like, you already changed it you just showed this to me yesterday i'm like yeah but you didn't do it and we had this issue and that issue and i saw it so i fixed it and this is what we're doing now (laughs) right so um with the kids i'm constantly just testing man because i don't know what i don't know but what i do know is parenting is hard and You've got several different types of mindsets wrapped around parenting. It's parents who they are like, ah, the kids will figure it out. Mm-hmm. That's the way my parents were, right? They're just like, ah, he'll figure it out, right? Like, you know, let him touch the stove. Like, he'll figure out not to touch it again. Um, and then you got other parents that are like helicopter parents. They're like, oh, no, like, uh, my seven-year-old is using the bathroom and he doesn't know how to wipe his butt yet, so I gotta go in there and wipe it. This is a true story. I actually have a family member who does this, and um, if she listens to this, you need to stop and let that boy wipe his own ass <laughs> like but like no joke, man, like you know, like a hover mom who well, kids have to be kids. they'll work or they'll learn how to do chores or take out the trash when they get older. you know, so there's two, and then. The third phase would be, I think, what I'm trying to be. And I'm always trying to teach the kids all of my mistakes before they have to go out and learn them on their own. So, like, I told my dad this. I'm just like, dude, like, I wish for anything. You would have just taught me all the mistakes you already made. That way I didn't have to make them later in life, and I could have got a head start. So, you know, if I had to sum up my parenting style a sentence it's i want to teach my kids all of my mistakes before they leave my home and go out to the world that way they're better suited to win damn. right i mean that's it damn
0: Dough. yeah Ooh, that, so, hit me, that hit me right here you know um,
1: i mean it's it's serious man i mean that's a passion of mine right and mm-hmm. leading into what you're talking about like video games man like these phones dude like these things are poison but at the same time it's gold right it's it's poison in the wrong hand and it's gold in the right hand mhm right agreed, um agreed and then our kids get a hold of them and you know it's sad whenever you see a kid sitting down at a dinner table and he's playing on his iPad or or you know out at a restaurant or riding in the back of a minivan and like you know they don't know how to look out the window but at the same time, do you want to be that parent where you take everything away and you hover over them trying to protect them from the world? You know, and you can't protect your kid. Like you can't. But what I can do is is teach them the skill mm-hmm. to make those decisions on their own. And that's where you know, teaching a kid to be a creative thinker. Think on your own, right? Like just make the decision. You know, and I've got um, several like little frameworks that I tell my kid, you know, and one of them is, is it's okay to make mistakes. Like I want them to be okay making mistakes. And I tell them, I was like, make mistakes quicker. Mm-hmm. You know, they come to me and they're not doing anything. I'm like, you haven't made enough mistakes. Yeah. Like, and I won't repeat this over and over in their head because in school, we're taught that making mistakes is bad. We're taught that getting C's, D's, F's on tests is bad, Right. Why are we not taught that, hey, you got all these wrong. Here's the right answers. Go take the test again. Like, why are we not taught that?
0: Yeah. Use these right answers and study it. Figure out why it's the right answer and take it again.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. But instead, we're taught to know the right answer the first time. And when you get it wrong, you're punished.
0: And that's it. It ends there. It ends there. That's it. I remember going through school. There was barely any retests. Some teachers did. Some teachers were like. There's
1: no such thing as retest. Yeah. Yeah but that's because the school isn't creating entrepreneurs school isn't teaching and creating critical thinkers they Mm. don't want you to think like that right um you know full transparency i'm fully against public school right and the reason why is like my daughter was she should have been held back in in kindergarten she should have been held back in first grade she actually failed second grade and we pushed her through um and that's when we started homeschooling it was all because of reading and six months of homeschooling she went from being two three grades behind to two three grades ahead and now she's testing at age 11 she's testing at a senior right like she's reading college level like we have her tested just way everybody else is tested um and like she's testing four or five grades ahead in every subject
0: i remember i remember when i was at your house once and she was having trouble reading, was it, she was probably eight at the time. And she was having, uh, she couldn't read the word suggested. She thought it said yeah. suggested. And I was like, yeah. I was like, break it down. I was like, what, you know, I broke it down for like, read it snippet, it, like little chunks of it. And I said, okay, what does it say before and after this, this word? I said, all right, and I'll use the context clues. What does that word say? And she goes, oh, he suggested this. And I was like, there
1: you go. You know? Yeah. And that, that's something. Yeah, I mean- it's just not, like, none of my kids are, like, super smart, man. Like, they don't, they're not, like, super smart. Like, other kids, like, this is, like, one of my own limiting things, but I never, ever say to my kids, um, you know, you put my kids around other kids, other kids will talk clearer. They'll read clearer than my kids. My kids still sound like babies. They really do. <laughs> but it's. my kids will play with Legos. They'll build stuff. Kaylee will make stuff out of toilet paper rolls. Right. Like they're Mm -hmm. very creative. Yeah. It's, you know, and each kid's man, like, you know, somebody could raise their other kid the same way I'm raising mine. And, you know, maybe they'll still have that creative thing, but I think there's, I think there's an art to parenting. So, what I'm getting at is it's like I can't protect my kids the only thing I can do is give them the skills and the resources to make their own educated decisions mm-hmm. and I need to warn them I need to warn them whenever something is going to be toxic in their life so video games right I'm fully against video games dude like I don't play video games don't really like hanging out with anybody that does like playing video games um like I'm always working doing my things right mm-hmm. but at the same time I bought my kids a PlayStation I bought them an Xbox um they got four different consoles in there right like and i go in there and i'll play them play with them like i'll play minecraft with them we'll play halo we'll play like this sniper game like whatever <laughs> oh you know? and it's quality time you know it's time for us to connect mm-hmm. and it's not all about work all the time right so the, there's no such thing as a balance so mm-hmm. i wouldn't even say that but there is a strategy in spending time with your kids and making them want to spend time with you. Well, anyway, um, homeschool has brought us so much freedom. And as we built this up, you know, my kids, they wake up at about six thirty-seven every morning. And without saying a word, they get up, they go get dressed, they get ready for the day and they call it that. And what that means is they brush their hair, they brush their teeth, they wash their face. Um, if they need a bath, they take a bath. Um, if they don't, they come in, they eat, and then they immediately sit down and they start doing their brain food. We don't call it homework or schoolwork. We call it brain food. And instead of, you know, feeding their body, just like they need nutrition, we teach them your brain also needs nutrition, right? Like you need to feed your brain and what you feed your brain matters. If you feed your body, the wrong things, sugar and all this stuff, you get fat. If you feed your brain, the wrong things, you get dumb. Right, like mm-hmm.
2: it's yeah, yeah, yeah clear
1: yeah. as day, right, black and white. There is no if, then or maybe whatever, right? It's black and white, and with the kids, um they have to learn technology, they have to be able to relate to other people, they have to uh, learn the skill that it takes to play video games because that is a skill, right? They have to learn the hand-eye coordination, they have to do all these things, but it also it's a puzzle. You know, Minecraft are, is digital Legos.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So
1: why would I be against that? Right. Mm-hmm. What are you building? Hey, man, you should build a mansion. You know, like they build like big mansions out of TNT Dynamite and then they figure out who can blow each other's up. Right. Like <laughs> they, they put puzzles in there. Right. It's pretty fun. Pretty yeah. cool, pretty Right. But at the same time, they get done with all their brain food at about 1130, 12 every day. And now they got the rest of the day to go. And by the way, they also work out in the morning. Right Like, so they do that on their own, right? like Tyler is in gymnastics. he wrote out like this little workout, so he works out, he stretches, and it's only like twenty minutes, but he also goes to gymnastics. they all do um, for about three hours every day and work out again, right? Um, so anyway, they get done with all of their all of these tasks every day, about eleven, thirty, twelve, and they got the rest of the day to do whatever. oh, yeah, and I also left out they. Um, also they're required to read four pages of a book every day and they're watching, um, some other training that I have. Like I'm, I'm learning a lot of like entrepreneur stuff. So like they watch, uh, like trainings that I'm going through on businesses, right. How they operate, um, funnels, right. How to, how to do sales, how to do e-com sales, right. They're watching, they're required to watch one video and those videos are like 30 minutes to 40 minutes and do they learn it like no but they i guarantee you they take away something right so i lay out all this foundation i know there was a lot but anyway it's just to say this what am i supposed to ask my kids to do for the rest of the day so i let them play video games right Mm -hmm. they get to do whatever they want to do
0: yeah um that's your way
1: that's your way of a couple of hours
0: yeah and the one thing too is that I could see if there was a difference. So as a third party on the outside looking in, um, I'm trying to play the role of not knowing you. I would go, Oh my God, this kid's forcing his kids to do all this stuff. But the, the progress that what I've seen as your friend um, with your kids and being around your kids for quite a while, um, seeing them, excuse me, I got an inch on my back. There we go. (laughs) Um, It was really bothering me. (laughs) Um, you know, I don't look at it as crazy. I look at it as like shit. Like, cause I don't like public schools either. I think it's just, we're creating a new barcode in the system and we're stamping it and Hey, here, go to school, inquire all this debt and go to college. Like you're supposed to go to college and that's how you get a job when most of the time those people don't get the job that they went to school for. Um, my sister is an exception
1: or they're, or they're 200K in debt and they get out and they got a $40,000 a year career.
0: Yeah. It, and you, you just, you're paying that, 50, you're paying that yeah. $50 a month for the rest of your life until somebody else, you know, takes on that debt for you. Um, yeah. But the one thing that I really liked that you said was, hey, here's the times that you guys are going to do this because I want you to be successful. And you explain that to them. It's not like you're just, um, you're not just. No,
1: so we teach them. I teach them. Uh, and lori lori does all of that by the way right like none of that is me Mm -hmm. i come in i'll do the structure i'll get things teed up and moving and then lori takes it and she runs with it like we're a great team um and also that's a whole lesson it's own because we sucked like we almost been in a divorce on how many times but it's lessons learned right it's a journey man nothing's easy um anyway what, what i mean by that is we teach them that there's freedom in structure so mm-hmm. if you structure your life, if you have your checklist, if you have your non-negotiables, is what we call it. You got to have non-negotiables. With non non-negotiables comes freedom. Yeah. Right?
0: Um but what I what I was going to what I was going to get at was I like that you give your kids so the non-negotiable is say from like 7 to 11. Like you guys yeah. here's what we expect of you. And they've been fulfilling those expectations from what you're saying and it's like hey you guys this is your goals for the day and if you achieve them then go ahead and you get to make the decision and i think that's a lesson in itself is you guys make the decision of what you want to spend well, your they free get time to make on. the
1: decision too if they actually do all that stuff i said well that's what i'm right. that's what i'm getting at that's what i'm yeah, getting yeah. at you know right well what i'm saying is too like you know it's not like there's something written out on a piece of paper, mm-hmm. right? Like none of that is written out on a piece of paper. Like they can absolutely come and be like, I can. I be like, Hey, did you read? You know, they'll come in here and they're like, Hey, can we go play video games? Or can we go outside or whatever that is? And you know, first question I ask them like, Hey, did you read? Did you watch your training? Like, did you got everything done? You know? Mm-hmm. And sometimes you know, they will they'll hesitate and be like, Oh no, I still need to go read the pages. And I'll be like, All right, well, just go out and play. You just do it later right and 99% of the time guess what they do
0: they go read and then they go play yep and do because you th- they
1: know but they all- know that they need to do their non-negotiables first and now they have freedom
0: but the one thing too in that is we talked about this before is you're instilling a pow- you're instilling this empowerment in your kids by giving them a decision and because yeah. you've instilled these good morals in your kid at an early age, they know what the right thing is to do, and yep. that's where—that's
1: what I mean. Like, I'm not—I don't have something written off, and I don't make them go check it off. They can absolutely lie to me. Mm-hmm. They can absolutely lie to me. They can absolutely fib it. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, do they do that? Um, no. Do they stretch the truth? Sure. <laughs> Right, little like, Jack, Jack. <laughs> you know, like you know, I'm sure they cut corners. Yeah, but kids. you know, if they cut corners, it's just like you know. I tell them, hey, it's not hurting me, mm-hmm. right? If you cut corners, how you do anything is how you do everything. That's the right? nice way so, of
0: saying if you half-ass one thing, you're going to half-ass the whole thing.
1: Yep, you know, and that's a, I I mean, Jackson. Jackson was washing my six-year-old was washing dishes, and he had to put them away and everything today, and um you know, he puts them in the, the shelf and the dude's six, right? Like, <laughs> Lori goes in there and all I hear is
2: Jackson. What <laughs> the hell is this? You know,
1: just like laughing. And Jackson's like, what? She's yeah. like, do you think this? Okay. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like but he put he put cups on top of cups, and mm-hmm. like their cups are just thrown in on the bowls, and like he just threw them all in there, you know. And yeah, it's just like is that
0: where with stuff like that? Is that where when you when you see your kids do that, even the oldest, at she's eleven, when yeah. you give her a task and she may not fully one hundred percent how to do it, and you yeah, you, yeah. you see that you see the result, and you are just like you kind of giggle at it because, Hey, at least they tried. I think that's a big yeah. thing too, because you're celebrating and you're recognizing at least the effort that they put in to achieve yeah. what they did. And I think that's a big thing too, is like it, it, celebrating the effort and being rewarded for your effort that you put in. If you put in the effort, no matter whether you win or lose, I think it's still very commendable. And it's something that should be recognized because when you put those effort, when you put the effort in, It's not just you go from A to B. There's little Mm -hmm. milestones that you can break down going from A to B. And I think those are often
1: overlooked. Huh? There's there's nothing in life that you can just go A to B to.
0: Yeah. And uh, what I'm getting at is like, there's these little milestones that I think people overlook. And even I did when you brought it up with me. It's like, look at where you were when, huh?
1: Milestones are failures. Like, I mean, if you look at anybody Mm -hmm. that's successful, well, if you, if you look at somebody and like, you know, anything about them, like you just ask them like, Hey, how often do you fail? And if you can get that number, you can immediately tell how successful they are. Mm-hmm. Somebody's more successful. Than you, it just means that they made more mistakes.
0: Yes. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, yeah. But the, the, the thing that you brought up to me is like, Hey, cause you know, I, I did want to feel validated when I asked you this question or like, I brought it up without asking, so I was like, I really want to hear his opinion on it. And that's when I was like, man, I brought it up to you in a way where I was like, man, I think I'm doing a lot better this time around, like putting effort into stuff, and I wanted to hear what you had to say by saying that. And you you brought it up in such a good way where you were like, well, dude, look at what you were doing two months ago when you started versus now, like, do you know how much effort it takes to sit down, get the equipment, record the podcast even before that, find the right software that that suits you getting the camera, blah, 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 blah. All those are milestones hitting up to like the goal of producing your first podcast. And what goes along with that? In my opinion, in my experience is I honestly, I think motivation is bullshit. I don't like the word motivation. I think, I, I think it's bullshit. I like the word discipline over motivation. And maybe your, your thoughts on that are different. You know, that's what makes people great in their journey and what they experience. But I like the word discipline because a lot of people are like, Oh man, I didn't get up off the couch today to go lift or take my walk or read that book because I wasn't motivated. Well, no shit because action comes before motivation. And when you think about it that way, action before motivation is just discipline. So that's why I get rid of that whole concept, and I'm just like, if you're more disciplined, then you'll feel better, you'll get things done, and that's how I've yeah, changed. That's how I've sure. that's how I've grown a little bit in my own head. With if I'm more disciplined, then I don't have to worry about thinking about that. Oh man, I need to take this action and getting out of bed and going downstairs and getting my breakfast cooked, and I, I better eat. I better cook the meal that you know it, my macros fit for the day. Whatever I'm doing, you know.
1: But yeah, I think we. Well, Exactly what I was saying earlier in a different way, right? Like Mm -hmm. with structure comes freedom. Mm -hmm. That is discipline. Like that's the definition.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I I do want to I do want to take a step back, um, a little bit. You said parenting is hard, and I've seen this quote quote floating around on social media, and I've thought about it, and I'll say my piece, and I think you've already said yours, but I still want you to hear it. So the quote is parenting is only hard for good parents and so parenting is hard or parenting is difficult only for good parents so if you're a good parent then parenting is going to be hard and the way that i interpret that is if you're a shitty parent parenting is easy for you because you just go hey here we're going to drop you off your grandma's you can go be with them or hey here's this ipad hey here's this tv show hey i don't care what you do yeah, basically, what that del, what that um, boils down to is, I'm not teaching my kid anything, and I think that the quote, you know, parenting is hard for good parents, is because you have to take the time to teach them things and to make sure that your kids are absorbing it and they're on the right path, and that is more difficult, I think, than it's like it's like taking the quick, easy route and you still get something out of it, or taking the long hard, difficult route and getting something way greater at the end. And that reminds me that's kind of like the 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 cookie story that you told me on the phone today. You know? It's like yeah. you know and, and that's how I interpret that that quote. Um at least. I think it's a good one, honestly. Like I I really like it because it made me think a little bit about like how when Axel becomes the top even now I guess, but like when he's able to understand more as a toddler and when he gets older, like your kid's age, it's like you know, what or how am I going to go about teaching him the things? And I think for me, it's going to be total transparency and honesty.
1: Yeah. See with that quote, that one's, that one's tough, man, because mm-hmm. again, it goes back to what people define things as, man. Yeah. Like yeah. My, my definition of success, my definition of parenting is completely different than yours. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, it's, to say that parenting is only tough for good parents well that means like your definition for good parents is the only one that's correct right Mm -hmm. like something i learned from being a landlord um it's amazing what people are not taught that you think is common sense right and when you think about that well now parenting this person might be a bad parent in your eyes and Mm -hmm. they might let their kid do whatever they want to do. And like the kid might be a little dipshit, like who knows, (laughs) like he might need a good butt whooping, but at the same time that parent could be doing the best they're doing, could do Mm -hmm. right. Because they don't know what they don't know. Now on the other side of that coin, there is that drive to be better.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. And I think Easter home, man. I mean, because that's what what we're talking about now is reason I'm developing the at Homefront project because mm-hmm. there's so much that people just don't know, but also they're not even given the opportunity or the resource to go learn it.
0: See, this is why I'm glad that we work together because you fell right into the trap that I set by pulling this quote up, and I was like, he's going to go into this, and I want him to talk about it because I love hearing about. What you want, what your goals and desires are—it just—I it, yeah. love hearing it. So I always I, here's a softball, Eric.
1: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, and go back, you know, to the parent because I never did answer that question. But like, like what I'm doing with the kids with the video games is, man, like I went and downloaded Audible, and um now when they play video games, they got to turn the volume down. They got to listen to the audiobook, mm-hmm. you know, and book that they started off on is outwitting the devil by napoleon hill which is like one of my all-time favorites you know what the
0: people who don't know about that book what is the premise of outwitting the devil boys what what's the premise oh you got you got one of the kids in there
1: voice oh the volumes look turned down
2: is that Jackson?
1: <laughs> yeah it's jack come here and say <laughs> hi to kevin hi kevin hey jack oh get
0: over here let's see. you see him god he dude he's so big he looks like <laughs> yeah. dude he looks like lori uh-huh. get out of here get out of here punk <laughs> he's got dude i can't, I can't uh, remember the last time i seen him he's gotten
1: big yeah, he's got a big dude. He's so immature though, you know? <laughs> like talking about parenting, right? When we talk about parenting's hard. Mm-hmm. Um and like goals and ambitions, you know, one thing about parents, like I remember I remember playing football with this guy Dustin and I, I'm I'm not going to say anybody's last name man, just I don't want name drop, but yeah. Uh, I was playing football with uh this guy named Dustin and he was like 2 3 grades older than me. And you know, he played baseball, football, we played together and all this stuff. And he was a great athlete, but I remember a football game where um, he was running back and he got hit and like the dude was running so hard. Like when he got hit, like I seen it in slow motion where he's still pumping his legs, oh. you know, as he gets, like, you know, it's <laughs> like his rocks knocked out. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> and his dad, jumps over the fence gets on the field and starts yelling at him. I'm like you should have spun like you know and like just starts yelling at him because he got tackled and like that wasn't the first time that that happened right like his dad always got in there and but i remember that vision every time like my kids um can't do something hmm and I want to just be like, what's so bad about this? And for the longest time, like one of the mistakes me and Lori makes and like still it comes out every once in a while. It's just like, what is wrong with you? Right? We say it. We say those words not meaning what those words mean. Sure. Right? Like we're not telling our kids like something's wrong with them, but we're telling our kids that something's wrong with them. Yeah. You know? You yeah, know, what, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, like Jackson... We'll do something crazy um and it's just like what are you thinking you know <laughs> and it, it comes out i mean i don't know like i mean i don't know how you can bite your tongue on some of this stuff man it's parenting but like that's something i always keep keeping in the back of my head because like you got two sides of the stone there where like you know that other guy the other parent was living his athletic uh youth through his son yeah right you see that anytime his son got laid out or you know dropped a ball whatever that is you know like his dad jumps in there and makes it all about his dad mm-hmm. instead of making it about his son yeah right so we all have choices as parents right and then you got jackson who's six and he's so immature like um the dude can the dude understands like um what a skill saw is what you know a reciprocator is like he knows all those things but he just started saying his alphabet like six months ago. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like, oh, by the way, like, I know
0: I actually know this. So I'm going to tell you guys now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought you said you actually know something. I'm going to tell you this. What?
0: No, 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 no. Just... No, I said that I was like, he knows like what a reciprocator is. is all. And then he's like, Oh, and then he just started saying his alphabet. After that, it's like I was talking like Jackson, like, "Oh, by, oh, by they, the way, guys, uh, I know my it's, alphabet." It's,
1: it's crazy, man! Like, yeah. it's absolutely crazy. I'm ready to tell but you. We all <laughs> know that like he's, he's, he's uh, not picking up. You know, reading mm-hmm. really quick. You know, and like me and Lori had to go through like this thing where I'm just like, Lori, like you've got to be able to do something more with him, mm-hmm. right? Like, make him say his alphabet every day. You know, and I'm laying into Lori and Lori was like she was doing her thing but then she comes back and she's like i think we're being too hard on jackson like he's starting to not like it mm-hmm. and then you know as a parent you got to make a choice like okay is it more important for my child to keep up with everybody else and where they're at but at the same time maybe those kids need to keep up with my kids because my kid can you know he like he just picks up different stuff dude like the dude legit can like build stuff, right? He knows mm-hmm. how to use a skill saw,
2: right? Yeah. And,
1: I mean, I don't let him use a skill saw without me there watching him. But, like <laughs> he knows how to
2: use it. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but my point with that is, is like, is parenting and talking about how hard it is. The choices we have to make is something we continuously need to reflect on mm-hmm. because they have lasting impact. Yeah. Right. It's not like that decision where I'm stressed out and my kid does something. I'm just like, what is wrong with you? Right. Like that's one time, but then that's two times and that's a hundred times. Mm-hmm. And now that child grows up and all the way up to the age of 16, 17, 18 years old, like, you know, every time they did something wrong, their dad responded. and It's just like, what is wrong with you? And now they know that something's wrong with them every time they get something wrong. Yeah. That's right? why that's, like,
0: that's one thing. Um, like, I, I was thinking back about when I was a kid, and I think I mentioned this before in on one of the previous episodes. If I didn't, I did it on one of the ones I did solo. But the private school that I went to through K through fifth grade did the plus, normal, and minus system. So you get like A pluses, regular A's, A minuses, so on and so forth. And I used to get straight A pluses all the time. And my mom didn't care about the actual number grade. She just wanted to see that plus next to the A because she wanted her kids to be very smart. And that private school, looking back on it now, was, it was a glorified public school, honestly. We just, it, was the same, it was the same BS curriculum. We just had a tag on it, it as a private school. But I remember the yeah. first time I came home, I had a regular A. There was no plus next to it. It was just a regular A. And she, one, whooped the shit out of me. Two, asked me if I was stupid and cared about my learning. And like, it it made me feel so bad. And like, I had this resentment against her as like, um, like a third grader, you know? And I was like, damn, like, am I dumb? And then I remember I went on and then it happened again, like the following year. And I think she was just like, eh, maybe something is tough. And she let it go. So moving forward into high school, I despise English. Class, I hate writing papers. Although apparently, like I'm an okay writer when I write things on my own. Yeah, and I know how to like I know how to articulate myself better now on paper. But that came through process. Uh, pro- uh, process. It came through progress and trial and error and growth, which is what we're talking about here. <laughs> um, and I remember I got a C on something. And I think it was in English. She was like, "I guess you're just average now." And I was like. <laughs> That hurt more than anything she's ever said to me. I was like, damn, like, you know, um, and what I, what I want to get into, what I'm trying to hit off with that is like, I don't ever want to say those things to my kid. And that's the one reason why I'm glad that Erica showed me that Montessori schooling, because there's no, there's a very loose curriculum. They still have to abide by some state guidance and standards because the state has to, have their dick and everything. And, but what they do is kind of like what you're doing with your kids. Like if Jackson wants to go out there and daddy, teach me what this saw does. Okay. We're going to learn about this saw for the day. That's what they do. in that, like they were te- they, when they were the teachers and Erica was telling me in all these videos, it's like the kids go outside and they see a spider and everybody wants to look at the spider. The group, the group of 10 kids is interested in the spider or this, or the shape of this leaf or why does, why is bark on a tree hard? after their time outside playing and looking at things, they go back inside and they study science, you know? So it's, it's still directed learning and you're still learning something, but there's so much freedom in what you can learn. And
1: there's a the main thing. School systems like that school system is like skipping over the state teaching. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Like Lori was, teacher right i mean she's got a degree in school in education and yeah i mean i never been a teacher but at the same time like she knows about the things and um we got friends that are teachers and um if when you talk to a teacher if they care about their students they in my experience they always complain about they have to teach to the test yeah right and yeah. that's kind of what you're talking about mm-hmm. with the with the school right it's just like okay well what are they teaching to
0: i think there's just the the parameters are just so tight that there's no you can't veer off and go learn something that you want to learn and what we're taught is that you can't do that until you one either you go to a a vote tech school or like a trade school or that's when you get to college and then you get to choose your career path at 18 years old you know it's like oh now i get to choose what i want to learn i've been told that i have to learn linear linear linearly if that's a word in a linear path my whole time and i have to stay within this guidance and then at 18 it's like for 18 years i've been told i have to stay on the straight path and i can't veer off of it otherwise i fail and i'm stupid and then it's like oh now you choose what you want oh and by the way if you want to get into the school that specializes in computer science you have to take this specialized standardized testing and you have to get score a 2000 out of 2400 otherwise we won't even consider you Oh, and by the way, if you score underneath that, you're fucking stupid. And that's the, I feel like that's the, that's this, this idea that we're giving these kids and teenagers and stuff like that. And I think it's completely counterproductive to producing people who can have a benefit on the world. They just want a consumer, they don't want a creator. And that, it, it bothers me so much. And with people like you who allow your kids to, Grow and be creative, they're going to be the people being the boss of somebody or numerous somebodies one day. And they're going to look back on life and go, How did I get here? Oh, it's because my parents taught me these morals and values, but they also had a loose leash on me to a certain extent to where I could learn how to be creative and express myself through, like you said, the building or. Kaylee's creating things out of paper towel tubes and it's like, Hey, look what I did. I know how to work with my hands, you know? Okay. Kaylee becomes like this big architect because she knew how to create models and build building structures. You know, you see what I'm getting at?
1: Yeah. To me, a lot of what you're, everything is a journey, man. So when I say this, it's just like, I've been there. Like I've Mm -hmm. had these, and like when I reflected on those thoughts that I just heard you convey, mm-hmm. uh, this was like 2019, like I was 100% against homeschooling, but, you know, I looked at Lori, I'm just like, well, you can't mess our kids up any more than public school is going to mess them up this year. So, <laughs> yeah, let's, you know, and um, that was best decision I ever made for our family, honestly. Um, but when it comes to what you're talking about is testing and like criteria to get into a school and the standards um i would say that public school doesn't have everything wrong right like uh having to get a certain score having to do certain things having to meet certain qualifications that's a good thing because if we remove them then we would be canada right like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. My point is, is like, <clears throat> there's only one winner, right? And the reason I know there's only one winner, because there's only one Super Bowl champion every year, right? Mm-hmm. There's only one, like, whatever. I, I don't watch sports, man, but like, what's the things, right? World, like, World Series uh,
0: champion, you know?
1: World Series, right? There's only mm-hmm. one, right? There's not two. There's not three. There's not even a second place. Yeah, like nobody cares about second place, right? So with freedom, I mean, you know, if you if you said with freedom comes responsibility, yeah, it, that's true. But what does that mean? And I'm kind of thinking out loud right now, like as I try to figure out how to explain this. But like with with kids again, that's what makes parenting hard, because if I make that decision and I'm 100% against testing, I'm 100% against this, well, what's the alternative?
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Right? Alternative to, to, to being against testing is no testing. Well, what are they being measured by? Mm-hmm. Because I can measure the best uh, football team by who wins the Super Bowl right? I can measure the best baseball team by who wins the world series, Mm -hmm. right? Like things have to be measured, right? Um, in, in life, right? Success. Um, this is the way I operate, but life is about who has the most money. Like it really is like we trade currency and this is like a taboo subject. So Mm -hmm. like, whenever I said that, like everybody probably unsubscribed and fell off but it those, like in those reality are the, those are the people is, who don't want anyway <laughs> in reality we are measured by how much money we make mm-hmm. right the thing is society makes it taboo but it's only taboo in certain classes of society it's taboo in the low class or poverty area because they have none mm-hmm. it's taboo in the middle class because they're stuck. They can't make any more. But once you get out of the middle class and you start talking to wealthy people, that's what they talk about. They literally talk about making more money. But by making more money, it's like, okay, you donate to the poor, you donate to the homeless shelter, how many mouths did you feed? Well, I have nine employees. Each employee has a husband or wife or and two kids, whatever. How many mouths am I feeding, mm-hmm. right? And you got other companies, you know, who have way more employees, thousands. How many mouths are they feeding? Yeah. yeah. But yet, what what does society teach us, right? owning businesses like doing these things making money oh it's not about the money and then they bring the Bible into it I'm a Christian right Mm -hmm. money is not root of the money is not the root of evil the love of money the lust of money is the root of all evil what does that mean that means I get all the money I give it none way yeah right but even giving it away Bill Gates evil man he gives away money every year not because of his heart, because he pays no taxes on that. It's a tax benefit. It's a it's a wealth investing strategy that only the wealthy uses, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: there's actually a strategy where you can get a um, nonprofit organization formatted, put all of your rentals and donate it to that nonprofit organization, but yet that nonprofit organization has to pay somebody to manage all of those properties. Just so happen it's you or your family or your trust and you and your trust gets paid 50% of the shares. So. You're making
0: 50% more money off of the rentals that you have.
1: and <laughs> It is tax free. <laughs> right. Like, I mean this, yeah. this stuff, like it's, it's a giant world, man. I went down a tangent on that just because like, that's, that's one of those subjects man it's like it's it's difficult right like you've got to figure out the path that you truly want to go down
0: yeah and and, um when you when you reflected on what i said about the the schooling and standardized testing and stuff like that what i meant to convey and what i was saying is i i very much despise how it's Like I I really meant what I said about like how linear it is and it's like there's only one path and because you failed this path it means that you can't go and you can't do anything and I feel like that's instilled in kids in public schooling and stuff like that whereas you know they're not dumb and stuff like that and trust me like I, I agree in winning there's a one winner and everybody else is a loser because you're not the winner and I agree that you should have some standard to measure success against. You know, because I mean, look at me and look at you, you know, look at the people that we look to, to model. I guess I'll just say we want to model ourselves after, you know, Mm -hmm. we're in that comparison game right there. And we haven't reached that yet. And until we get there, we're going to constantly fail, 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 fail until we finally are the winner, you know. And I think that's our standard that we. Measure against, and, and that's just how that's just had me thinking out loud with stuff like that, yeah, because I don't disagree with it. What,
1: what do you mean by the linear path though
0: so like right? in, so like in in high school you you mentioned it as you know teaching to test, you know, and if you fail that test, then that's it. It's like, oh, can I take another version of the test to show you that I still know the material? It's like, no, you failed this one, you're done. It's just like how that's not productive,
1: you teaching your child, huh who's teaching your child that no. And that's what I'm getting at is
0: I guess I really didn't close the loop on what I was talking about is I don't like that, but I I like the way that you're doing it because when you teach your kids and they don't reach their goal or they fail, you're the one teaching it so you can take them back and go, okay, like you failed this time. What did you learn from it? All right, take what you learned from it and then like, let's try again, you know,
1: yeah that's, that's what that's, that's what my, i'm yeah that's my point I'm like, picking on you on that because like if you say there's only one path and if you say that oh well you lost everything because you didn't pass that test or make the score uh, that is the way society is teaching us that's the way like even my generation millennials i mean we was taught to get a higher education because if you got a higher education our parents was lied to because they got told that if their kids got a higher education, they would have a great life, which now we're living in the future. And we know that's not true. Sure. Um, Absolutely. Right. Um, so that's not true, but also at the same time, there's still a path, right? Like that's the norm. That's the norm. That's, that's the path that everybody's taking. That's the road that's most traveled. Mm-hmm. Right. And as a parent in instilling that creative mind, Right. And I know last night uh, we was talking a second and, you know, I told you about a living in the gap, right? Oh like, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I'll dive into this like maybe next show, but like living into living in the gap, it means like the, the future holds your happiness and you're always chasing the future. Therefore you're never happy. So you're living in this gap and if you can't recognize the wins that you have because you had wins like everybody's had wins like if you made a mistake unless you're winning all the time then you're probably miserable right (laughs) like if you're winning all the time you're you're miserable like i guarantee you're miserable if nothing you nothing you do nothing you attempt is a fail like you're miserable because you know no difference in order to be happy we have to experience hardships In order to know what's the opposite of not being happy or being happy, we have to fail. And that's called the journey,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: right? Our kids, we need to teach them to experience the journey and to enjoy the journey. And when they do work really hard and they still fail, it's okay. What's the next thing you're going to do? Yeah. Right. No, I agree on
0: that. And with you saying that, I think now's a, good nice little time to end it and wrap it up for the night because I'm excited to hear about this gap thing because just listening to that was if you're always chasing happiness, then you're never, you're not happy, you know, cause you're always looking for it. Yeah. But saying that I appreciate, appreciate you coming on once again, Eric, um, always a pleasure. And I like, sharing what I have to say, because then you with the more experience goes, why don't you think about it this way? You know, this is how together. Yeah. You know, there is, there is, I, you know, obviously there's no I team saying and all that stuff, but I think it dips into being a dad too. I'm not the only dad in the world. You know, my connections that I've made with you is, Hey man, I'm experiencing this. How did you handle this when you came across it? And if you didn't, you and I, you know, somebody that could probably point me in the right, you could point me in the right direction to somebody, or I can just go somebody who maybe has a 25 year old. I know a lot of older people that I can ask, you know, I'll call my damn mom, you know, and my dad. <laughs> but anyway, uh, where can people find you on uh, social medias and all that stuff?
1: Yeah, man, right there. The tags on the screen at new dad city and at Eric W. Howell. Um, go there and find all the things
0: anything that people should be on the the lookout for in the the near future anything any announcements i guess you could say that you um, want to man,
1: i got a bunch of big announcements but what's the big uh, thing that you're working big on right things now is is launching the empowered Homefront, right so the empowered Homefront project like new dad city um is a part of that right where we're helping uh new dads right mm-hmm. and you're coming up with all this stuff and then Empired Homefront project is uh, just about bringing the nuclear family back to the dinner table to talk about goals and ambitions and instill those principles and values and standards back in our american society right i think that's fell off and um to, to to tap on top of that an extra uh in real estate um i've got a vehicle that i'm launching where i'm gonna be running challenges and i'm gonna give you the vehicle to actually make the calls create the deals and you're gonna have uh, a facilitated experience, handholding experience that's gonna be very uh, um, very close niche man. like um I'm super excited about this because we got a goal of getting a hundred thousand families to make ten thousand plus a month in income through real estate extra, right? That and extra. that's just through the uh, truly creation challenges. so I was about to ask you, you got a name you got number. a name
0: for that. so empowered homefront. My man, uh, Eric W. Howe, that is his handle on all social media. Go and follow him, share whatever he has that resonates with you, tell people about it. Empowered Homefront, bringing back families with morals and traditions to the dinner table without the iPads, and Truly Creation, if you're interested in real estate, be on the lookout for that because Eric has been through the thick and thin of flipping houses to going in and owning apartment complexes. He knows what he's doing through trial and error. I've witnessed it because I've been there firsthand experience. It. I've in it firsthand experience renovating these apartments with him. <laughs> it takes a <laughs> lot of work. He knows what he's talking about. So this episode will be out tomorrow. Today is Saturday, the 5th of November. It will be out tomorrow, November 6th or November 6th, November 5th. I can't even math. I should probably go back to homeschooling. Um, but anyway, thanks for tuning in. As always,
2: keep on Dad and fell.